0: And I'm Tara, a journalist. We're mums of little ones and we're also sisters. New Mums Nutrition is a podcast that helps you
1: optimise your nutrition and thrive in this season of life. Hello, welcome to another episode of New Mums Nutrition. I'm Tara, I'm the journalist. I'm here with my sister Lana.
0: She's about to interview me for a change. Isn't that right? That's right. So I'm not a journalist, but I'm taking over the journalist hot seat tonight I. Well, today we are actually filming after the kids have gone to bed. So it is night for us, but it might be day where you're listening.
1: This doesn't mean I'm going to be the dietitian. Today we are sharing my birth story or my second labor story.
0: I shared mine in a previous podcast. And so now it's your turn because I did promise that we would get you on to share your story because yours is vastly different to mine. I think it's interesting thinking through second time rounds because I think if you've been through it before, you're wondering oh, what is the second time round going to be like and how different is it for everybody. So, I'm I'm can't wait for people to hear your birth story. And
1: and I'm not just saying this because I'm related to you and but it made a difference going into labor, having been part of this podcast, having discussed with you a lot of postpartum nutrition, a lot of as you narrowed your focus as a dietitian to postpartum, pregnancy and interpartum nutrition. That was information I did not have first time around. So that made a huge difference in even the way I approached labor. First time around, I just stuck my head in the sand. I did not think about labor until I went on maternity leave 12 hours Mm. before I went into labor. Made a big difference.
0: First, we always ask people who come on this podcast, if they share their birth stories, what song to summarize your second birth, what would it be?
1: The song this time, I think the first time I chose Push It. You you don't need me to sing it. We all know which Push It song I'm talking about. (laughs) The second, Labour, I think I just, I can't remember what song I had in my head for Labour, but I'm pretty sure I had one in my head. But I'm I'm leaning onto a song by the band called OK Go called Here It Goes Again. It was really famous around 2006 and there was a very, very, it was just as YouTube had been released like 2006, 2007. YouTube was brand new. And there was this amazing film clip that accompanied this song of four guys doing choreographed treadmill dancing. And I'm sure you might not know the song OK Go, Here It Goes Again, but I'm sure a lot of you will either know the treadmill film clip or if you go and
0: Google it. I'm going to have to Google it after this now. (laughs) I think you'll see it and you'll go, oh, that – that's
1: what that yeah. song is.:
0: We'll have so, to share it as well in our stories or something when this podcast comes out. The lyrics are along the lines of "Here it goes,
1: here it goes, here it goes again." And that's kind of what I was feeling like, all right. this baby's going to come out. Here we go again." Thankfully, it was not a repeat of my first labor. The challenges I had in my first labor were not present. In fact, these labors were chalk and cheese.
0: Set the scene for us. You're about to go into labor. What's happening? Okay, well, the first difference, um, I'll take you through. There's probably four key differences and I can
1: they take you through the actual story. So the first key difference was my prep. Uh, this was, you know, I was pregnant during that big lockdown of 2021. Um, I live in an area of Sydney where we were so locked down, we weren't allowed more than five kilometers from mm, our front door. That was hard. and. So the only time I was actually going out was to my antenatal appointments. And so there was a really good chance that I at it was we were unsure if I would be allowed to have a support person at all throughout most of my pregnancy and then mm. it did look like I was going to be able to but one of the key things I was concerned about was having a support person for my support person which we had first time around um I had Lana and I had my best friend in the room with my husband and I think you know it was all hands on deck which was lovely hmm. this time around prep had to be really different so I we met with a doula a very dear friend of ours who is a doula she taught she helped me write a really concrete birth plan my birth plan first time around said get baby out get me sushi which is not yeah, a birth I can plan.
0: attest That that's what was on your birth plan. Oh, and it's not and no needles.
1: Oh yes, and no need that was still on this birth plan. But it's not a like so this time around, I had a jeweler sit down, go through everything that I might need, go through everything that I might need so that my husband understood it so he would be able to advocate for me in the moments where I was unable to.
0: Because you knew you'd probably
1: only have one person, one support person. And I wanted him to be confident. Mm. for when I couldn't be. Um but the second big difference was the week I was due my was the week that New South Wales opened up again, and my husband got covid. I became a, we started isolating straight away as soon as he got a positive result. I like um so then I was 39 and a half weeks pregnant, trying to bath Mm. my toddler in isolation because I was a close contact, but trying, you know, knocking on the door and delivering meals to my husband who was living in his office. It was Um, a rough time. Christmas day, my mum came and dropped all our Christmas presents at the door because we had all the Christmas supplies ready to go for Christmas breakfast. And then we, we had to turn around and drive home because it was Mm. on the way there that we were doing the rat tests. I was a close contact and I called my hospital. I said, I'm a close contact, can I nominate another support person because my support person has COVID? Mm. And they said, oh, you can't even come here.
0: To the original hospital that you were going to go. That completely
1: threw me. I had done everything in my power to make sure I could birth at this particular hospital and they turned around and said, we don't take complex cases, you'll need to go to the, the next major hospital that take complex cases.
0: And that was, yeah, that was Christmas Day, completely thrown. It's Christmas Day, your husband has covid He's locked away in a room so no one else gets it. You're 39 and a half weeks pregnant. You don't have COVID, but your class has a close contact. You're looking after a toddler at the same time and wondering, will I get COVID? Now I have to birth in a different hospital and I can't have anyone with me. So I made a lot of phone calls that Christmas day to
1: my doula, to a friend who was a, who used to be a midwife at the hospital I was going to. Mm. I just wanted to know what was going to happen and no one could give me straight answers about anything. So nobody really knew. Everyone was still figuring this thing out. Boxing day, I went for a COVID test. I I drove to three different COVID testing places because a lot of them were closed because it was boxing day. But then the ones that were open, the lines were so long because everybody needed a negative result to go on holidays in January. Mm. And so I was outside of a public testing clinic that you had to line up on foot for. It wasn't even a drive through one.
0: Yeah, with your toddler. And
1: I didn't know that we were going to have to get out the car. So my toddler had no shoes and she was in her pajamas.
0: I think we'll look back on pregnancy care in COVID. I think we have miles to go in just standard care of how we look after people during pre- fertility pregnancy and continue that care postpartum which my big passion is that I think we're lacking that at the moment uh so let's get back into your story so I started to go into labor my in-laws for some reason decided
1: to pick up my two-year-old and take her and I had this feeling um my body was showing signs that labor was very near um I was losing my plug which I had done that last time mm. And I'd been losing over Christmas day, boxing day. And so I, um, I recognized that my body was like, I recognized I was starting to get those period pains, which the first time around I was thought, oh, I'm just constipated. It's just constipation pains. <laughs> it was labor. So yeah. second time around, I was like, oh, I'm losing my plug and I'm starting to get the niggles. So yeah, those same pains. The first thing I did was cook myself a really big meal of Maltese ravioli. That mm. was a comfort food. I My mum had dropped off a fresh bag of freshly made Maltese ravioli when she dropped off our Christmas presents because that was a meal I had requested for postpartum. Yeah. And I went, no, this is the perfect last meal before I meet my second kid.
0: Yeah. Let's do this. Before you go through the marathon of labor. But then I was,
1: I had no answers. I had no results from my COVID test. I needed to know because I had to go to this new hospital and let them know. So I I met at like nine o'clock that night. It'd been like 36 hours since my COVID test. At nine o'clock that night, I jumped onto the New South Wales health website, who that was where I'd gotten my COVID test through. I emailed them. I said, I'm really sorry. I don't know if anyone's even checking this inbox. It's December twenty-seven. I didn't know you emailed them. I emailed them at nine o'clock. I said, I, "I this might not get seen by anyone, but I'm currently in labor. I need to go to a hospital in the next few hours, and I don't know if I'm if I have COVID or not. So, if somebody mm. could please, by any chance, rush my results through, that would be really greatly appreciated." And I don't know if this was just how it was going to happen anyway or if someone saw that email. I don't know how God's hand was at work. But at 11 o'clock that night, I got a text message confirming I was COVID positive, which Mm. was both bad and good. And so I just, I burst into my husband's office. He was isolating. He had just tucked in for the night. I (laughs) flung the door open. I said, I'm COVID positive. Get up, help me labor because we don't need to isolate anymore. The the third thing I did differently was used some techniques that my doula and my psych had recommended. So I practiced visualization, which I always had thought was a bit woo-woo, but has a lot of good research and really helped. So the two images I kept kind of coming back to and the two kind of scenarios through every contraction. One was the image of a jumping castle deflating. Fair enough. Um, But I found that concentrating on making my my body deflate like a jumping ca- castle allowed kind of the pressure to go down and like mm. really like part of that was just allowing myself to wee a lot. Mm. Like so in the middle of a contraction, allowing, relaxing myself, forcing myself to relax so much that my bladder would open. Mm. And so whether that I was in the shower or I would go to a toilet movement, I I think the first time I was very much lying on the bed, helpless, and my other labor was very different anyway. This one had regular contractions, which I'd never experienced
0: before. Because your first, which people can go back and listen, was a posterior labor, um, which ironically I had in my second labor as a posterior labor, but this one for you wasn't. So it so... was a very different experience.
1: And I just moved a lot. Like Mm. I got
0: into bracing positions
1: when I was actually in having a contraction or when I wasn't, I just paced the house. I just walked laps. Like I just was like, right, let's get this on. And I was also a bit like panicky in that I had to, I kept calling the hospital saying, can I come in now? Because I don't actually know what I'm walking into and I want to come in when I'm in a good solid state of mind. And they kept saying, especially if you're
0: going in alone, you don't want to be sort of. Loop, yeah, I don't want to not be, loopy, but losing it or anything like that. What was going through your head at that point? I think I had done all my panicking on Christmas Day. So by the time I found mm. out I was COVID
1: positive, it didn't actually change the plan. Yeah. It just meant I think pain. I was
0: freaking out on the other end more for you than you were. <laughs> I just I knew what like like I was just like, right, let's let's do this. I had game face on, basically. You 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 really did, uh if if I can share some of the expense of being a support a virtual support person um yeah and I remember I stayed up I didn't sleep that night and I messaged you and I was waiting for messages and updates
1: so when I got dropped off to
0: hospital (laughs) the poor person
1: the poor triage nurse I walked up to him and I said to him straight I just you know walked in I'm huge carrying my bag I said hello I'm in labor, I'm COVID positive. Can you help me find the birthing unit? Hold on one second. Got on the floor in all fours and just had a massive contraction. And the few people who were in the emergency department waiting were a little bit panicked. I remember them going up to nurse going, help her. Like, is she okay? Because they'd never seen a labor before. Yeah. And the triage nurse was like, she's fine. Give her a minute. And then he, he got me a wheelchair and someone wheeled me up to birthing unit. Yeah. And there was a bath. So I got in the bath, had ice chips, popped some endone. For did ages you eat
0: of, or did you eat or drink anything else? You had your ravioli. Did you have anything else between then? I look to be honest, I don't
1: think I did. Mm. I I had
0: um, you pack because what time are we now when you're in the bath having ice chips? Oh, that would have been like six a.m.
1: Okay, six or seven a.m. I popped on the Office Ladies podcast. Amazing, was good fun. And, um, <laughs> we all love it. And then I, I had coconut water that you had packed me in, So I was trying to drink coconut water as well, which was helpful, just concentrating on, oh, I'm weeing a lot. I should probably drink a lot. Mm. Um, I think, and then I think it was just, it was a bit scary not knowing what, and every midwife told me something different in terms of what pain relief I could access with the N95 mask and a face shield. And I got to take the face shield off for my photo with my baby, but I had to have the face shield on for basically a lot
0: of it. That's oh, except for when I was alone, which I'm a bit like. I hope if anyone is you know listening to this and they're currently pregnant, I think it just gives some relief that we don't you don't have to go through this anymore. But I'm sure there will be people listening who may have also had COVID um, while they were pregnant or in labor, and. Yeah, what a wild time. Like I feel like I just can't adequately yeah. comment on it.
1: I think other than and my, when my second midwife came in, she was incredible as well. Like they were all really lovely, but the second midwife didn't talk to me for like the first three minutes after introducing herself. She just kind of went really quiet. And I was, you know, like, so how was your Christmas? You know, trying to make small talk. Mm. And then I realized she was studying my birth plan and then she left the room. I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then she came back and she's like, she came back with the gas tube. I was like, yes. Amazing. And and so then like it just ticked along fairly smoothly, but then they came in because I was COVID positive. They brought the obstetrician in and she wanted to prep me for an epidural. I had that on my birth plan with big fat, bold letters, no Mm. epidural unless baby is at risk. And um, they said because I'm COVID positive, if something goes wrong, they need to they need to have me ready to go because they're gonna they're gonna have to put on PPE. And I remember being not happy about this. Mm-hmm. I remember just wanting to give up. They FaceTimed my husband so he could help support me through this because I was kind of yeah. losing my the ability. Saying to him, I thought I was staring down the barrel of another eight hours.
0: Yeah, your first label was quite long. And so
1: I thought, I, can, I said to him, I can't do this alone for another eight hours. Yeah. So if they're going to prep me for, in case they need to give me a cesarean, just take me down now. Just take me for a cesarean, cut me open, get this baby out. Mm. I can't do this. If they're going to prep me anyway, may as well make the most of it. And I didn't know it at the time, but he was texting you, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. And I, and I said to him, and we had seen... You know, everyone labours in a certain way, but there are certain sort of tendencies that might come up for a certain person. And so I remember saying to him, I said, I think Tara's a lot closer from what, you know, what the contractions were happening and what the, what he had reported that midwives were saying. And I said, I know what she has said beforehand um, with birth plan about not wanting to have an epidural about, hoping to have a vaginal delivery if that's possible obviously a cesarean if you know medically that that's a, that's what's needed but i said you've you've just got to encourage her to keep keep going you you get a bit delirious when you're in labor i'm sorry if that's okay to say
1: it's putting it kindly i'm absolutely <laughs> unhinged and um i remember you saying to he, his report was you said to him In her first labor, she asked us to kill her. Do not let her get a cesarean. She does not want that.
0: Yeah, because it's about respecting your birth wishes, if it's medically safe to do so.
1: And that's exactly it. And I was, she said to me, let me check, we're going to check how far along you are at 11 o'clock. It was like 10.30 when we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. She said, we're going to check you anyway at 11. So why don't we just delay any decision until 11? And I said, okay, that sounds good. So then she checked me at 11. She, and I think she knew I was close as well. Mm. She checked me at 11. She said, you're eight centimeters. I think this baby will be out before lunch, which I like did not believe her because of what happened with my first labor.
0: Mm, you pushed for almost two and a half hours with your first. So, you know. And I said, oh, if I'm
1: eight centimeters, get me some morphine. And she said, I, and so she got me some morphine. And I was like, I said, and go and send someone to come prep me for an epidural. She's like, okay. Mm. And she's just standing there at her computer kind of typing up notes and Making you know things, I was just thinking like, wow, this person's taking a really long time. And then I, I like, I felt like I needed to poo, and so I said to her, "Oh, um, I think I might need to go to the toilet. I think I, I feel like I need to poo. Can you help me up?" And I had never felt that before because I, like, my first labor, I just it's all kind of very patchy. Like, I don't ever remember feeling the urge to push with my first labor. Maybe that's because she was posterior. Who knows? It was just a whole different context. This label was very textbook, but she checked me and she's like, you need to push. Like, you don't need to go to poo. You need to push.
0: And so baby wasn't that far off. And so you had a... I had a baby girl. A baby girl. Yeah. Oh. And... To wrap up, like, what, what a wild experience to have COVID, to give birth alone. Like, I just, honestly, I my heart broke for you when... I heard that, and then also I subsequently freaked out because I was a few, I was had a few months to go before I was due to give give birth. But ten
1: weeks later, you were in the birth. That's suite.
0: that's right. But can you just wrap up for us? What were some of your big takeaways? Some of my takeaways were the importance of
1: preparation and the importance of being in a good headspace to prepare.
0: Mm,
1: um, I spoke about that in my birth story as well. So not only preparing in terms of having a good birth plan, having really thought through things, but um,
0: knowing myself and knowing how I needed to feel prepared. Mm.
1: So, Because
0: especially even in your first birth, not everyone wants three people in the room with them, but you did and that worked really well for you. So I think that's really important to know in pregnancy, birth and postpartum, what is going to work for you? I think also going into labour, wanting to do it
1: well instead of wanting to avoid it mm. was a big wow. difference as well. Mm. So I was very active. I talked to the right people. I had asked a lot of questions. I had You were really of, prepared and – I had reflected a lot on my last experience and what I wanted to change, what I didn't want to change, and even having – Options, and I think also I think a lot of people were praying for me, and so knowing that as well, or like because I think a lot of people like because
0: mm.
1: once I've once once I've accepted something's happening, I just get game face on, I just get on with it, you know? Yeah. But a lot of people, I think, were more worried for me than I was worried for myself. Yeah, I guess and I think fair. that's just once. Once I've accepted that a reality is happening, I just kind of get on with it and I just make things like I just make it work. So I think a lot of people were really worried and scared for me and stuff, but I was was beyond being worried or scared. I was just like, right, okay, I'm going to get this baby up. I'll just go in and get the baby up. From my second birth, if I was to say to somebody, here are the key things that can make a big difference in your experience, whether it's your first, second, or third, or fourth birth, being prepared, being in a good headspace, Having a team of people around you to help you both be prepared and be in a good headspace. So mm. I had um, my doula, I had my midwife friend, I had my husband, I had my sister um, who always also conveniently is a pre and postnatal dietitian. <laughs> um, I had my my bestie who's had four kids. Just I had people in my phone book who I could call
0: on mm. Christmas Day
1: and say things are not going how I wanted them to. Can you help?
0: And Um, if they weren't in your phone book, you had deliberately sought out your doula, for example... And so actually seeking out the right people to support you is really important. Those are the key things that made a big difference this time around. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And it's just fascinating how different it can be second time around for so many reasons. And each birth story is really unique. And it's been really insightful hearing your experiences and what you've learned sort of second time around uh, and how different it was. If you want to know where to start with postpartum
1: nutrition, you can download our New mum's Nutrition Checklist at lanaherth.com. Now, this podcast is general in nature. It doesn't replace individual medical advice. Also, please subscribe, review, and share this podcast with a friend so that more women can optimize their nutrition and enjoy the experience of motherhood.